Um, I, I'm not just going to call it out. I know that I'm going to be emotional. Uh, it's just, it's good to be gathered with God's people. It's good to hear your voices in worship. I have anything that I've missed most over the last 15, 16 months is, is, is the sound of God's people worshiping together. And even when we were outside, we missed that a bit because our volume just didn't carry that same way. It's been a crazy 15, 16 months. And even, even while I say that, I, I, I recognize that we're still kind of in this in-between moment where it feels like there's a lot that's behind us, but there's a lot ahead of us that still feels opaque, that still feels like we're not entirely sure how, how we're meant to navigate. Uh, the 16th, right? So the, the, the end of the tier system happened on the 15th, and so the 16th, I, I went and ate inside of a, of a restaurant, and I sat down, and I was going to do some sermon prep, and I prefer to do sermon prep inside of a restaurant because you get free refills there, and you don't get free refills at Starbucks. <laughs> so if I'm going to, right, if I'm going to order an iced tea, I want more than just one. So I'm going to go to a place where I can do some sermon prep and have plenty of iced teas. And, but I don't, I make sure not to go during like the, the, the lunch, the lush, the lunch rush, because I'm not a monster, right? Like if I'm going to occupy a booth for like two hours. It's going to be around 1.30. Anyways. Walked into the space, and I wasn't sure the protocol. Right? Like, to see the, the, the sticker on the door that said masks required, and I was like, did they just not order the new, ma the new like, decal on the window? Is this the old one? Is this, is this still the protocol? I wasn't entirely sure, right? And so walking in, just like, how do I handle myself? And I think the majority of us, like, we're not out to just cause, like, a stir within public, right? Most of us aren't looking to trend on Twitter to be that person that's raging inside of a restaurant. Most of us are like, I just, I just want to come in peaceably and, 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 and navigate in the way that you prefer. And I even walked up to the, to the counter and, and asked the employee, like, and I was hesitant, like, how do I frame this? How do, how do I even ask? Because I don't say, are you still mandating masks? Because then I know that might cause a certain response, right? Or just like... And so I framed it in a way like, what are you guys preferring? And, and you could see the, like the anxiousness on the gal's shoulders. You could see the, the, the response. There was just like, and the tenseness that was on, on her face because it was the space where, where she, you could tell she didn't know what was my motivation in asking the question. It was like, what's my response going to be? <laughs> And so she said, we're not requiring masks. And then she kind of drifted off. So I didn't, was like, like she was, she was, she was so hesitant in saying what she wanted. And so I went, you know, got my food, sat down, and, and I realized that probably, uh, not exaggerating, 90% of people were still coming in wearing masks. And everyone just kind of, we're in this in-between, right? We're, we're, we want, and we want so much more clarity. It would be nice to have clarity, but we know that, that when we say that we've gone, we've, we've come out of a lot, we even recognize that's a regional reflection. We, we reflect on the fact that in our corner of the globe that, that 
we're mostly out of the woods, but then we think about South Af South America, we think about Asia, we just think about all the different spikes that are still happening. We recognize like, okay, we're, we're still navigating something. We're still in this space of like, it's, it's, there's a lot that's done. There's a lot that we've, we've turned the corner on, but we still don't fully know. And, and that could be frustrating. That could be challenging. We've seen, right, in our society, in our world, that that, that place of ambiguity, that place of, of not being entirely sure, has led to a lot of hostility. It's led to a lot of anger. It's led to a lot of frustration. I mean, just how many of us have seen fracturing and, and, and people just wearing all that anxiousness on them and not entirely sure how to process that. Because we're in an in-between. And, and we, when I think about that, and I think about Scripture, I think about the fact that I, I really re believe that the Bible recognizes that so much of life is lived in an in-between. So much of life, and that's why scripture so often causes us to stop and to think about waiting. As Americans, as, as people that are living in this, like, where there's so much technology and things move so fast, that's really challenging. But so much of life calls us to the waiting. So much of life calls us to be in that place of an in-between. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. So much of life calls us to be in this place where we're filled with that same anxiousness. Like we've seen the Lord's goodness, we've seen his faithfulness, we've seen his love and his generosity and his provision extended to us, but we still live with that place of like not entirely sure how tomorrow is going to play out. And so God is constantly showing us how to navigate the now and not yet. I've been trying to make it somewhat of a, of, of a habit in um, the times that I get the opportunity to share and preach uh, to give a song, song recommendation. Because um, I just end up finding that, that I end up finding a worship song that as I'm prepping and, and, and navigating the things that, that uh, I'm working through in scripture, that there's often just that one worship song that just captures my heart. And uh, the one that, that I would recommend to you li uh, listening to this week, it's called Not in a Hurry. Uh, it's by Will Regan and United Pursuit. Not in a hurry. And the words just simply go, Lord, I don't want to rush on ahead in my own strength when you're right here. I'm not in a hurry when it comes to your spirit, when it comes to your presence, when it comes to your voice. I'm learning to listen just to rest in your nearness. I'm starting to notice you are speaking. 
Lord, I want to love like you. I want to feel what you feel. I want to see what you see. Right? It is so important to find God in the midst of our waiting, in those in-between times. Right? Because so much, like our walk with Jesus is this place of saying, like, praise God, I'm not who I used to be. But I'm not where I want to be. I'm in between. God has done an incredible work in my life. I am not who I used to be. I am saved. I am new. I am a new creation. But I am being made new. We live in this place, right? This place where heaven and earth were longing to continue to see merged together. There will be a day where there is no pain, no more death, no more tears. But that's not here fully and perfectly yet. We live in this in-between where it's still being inaugurated. We live in this in-between where what was is gone and what will be is still in the process of coming. And in these in-between times, there is always this beautiful work of, of, of maturity that God does in us in the in-between. that he's prepping us, that he's shaping us, that he's forming us for what is to come. God is not absent in those in-between times. So often it feels like he, he is. But as we navigate those deep and difficult, dark moments in life where it feels like ah, I'm coming out of something and going into something, that God is doing a good work in us. And so we wait. And we learn to be still. We learn practices like silence. And we learn to notice and listen in new ways. That's what I love about Sundays, because Sundays we practice that. What I love about Sundays is it's the end of the week, and it's the launch of a new week. Our gathering right here, right now, it's an in-between time. And so you'll notice historically for the church that we treat Sundays as this point of confession and repentance and reflection, right? It's this point in which we gather together and purposely cause uh, time to stop and to say, God, thank you for your faithfulness over this past week. I repent of the ways that I have not acknowledged your presence with me. I, I repent of those ways that I did not demonstrate who you are to the people around me like you've called me to do, but... I also turn to this new week with hope and expectancy that you're going to do something good and new in this week ahead. And so right here, in this very space, we're practicing that place of in-between. What was is gone. Last week is done. What the next week will hold, we're not entirely sure. And in that place of in-between, we again learn to wait on the Lord. So as a community, as we're indoors again, first time being here in this space with you for what, 15, 16 months, 
there's, there's, there's this place where it feels like we've crossed a finish line, but we're also at the starting line. And, and, and the way that I would love for us to continue to frame this is the space of saying what's not, what we're not doing is flipping a switch back to what was. Because we don't want what was. It would be comfortable to have what was. Because it's familiar. It's predictable. What was would be great to have. And again, but what's, what's happening is we're not flipping a switch back. We don't want to go back to what God has said it has done to. But today's much more of a launching point. And, and it's then good to be filled with that hope and that expectancy for what God longs to do in us individually, but amongst us as a community. That he is up to something new. And that we get to be a part of that. And there is so much hope and expectancy that resides within us. As the person I you know, chat and, and dream and think about. And what would it continue to look like to be a community that, that, what does that look for the formation of our lives to follow love and to serve? What is it, right? There's so much anticipation in our hearts for this place of saying, man, how is it that the Lord is, is calling us to be with him? To, to, to continue to, to be formed in a way where we, where we become like him. And then as a community, as we're spread around our city and county throughout the week, and then we, we, we're going and doing what he does. Because over the past 15 months, I mean, the reality is the church was not closed. Like, we heard so many stories of you guys working with nonprofits in your neighborhoods, of being faithfully present to your neighbors, of going shopping for one another, the phone calls and the emails that existed amongst this community. And we believe that that is part of the seedbed of what God is longing to do in the life of this community. we would have eyes to see that God is launching us into something new. But I would say this. As there is hope and expectancy for that new and good thing that the Lord will be leading us into. Don't go forward without learning and reflecting on what you just went through. I love what Pastor Pete Scazzaro says. He just simply says it this way. All endings require inner work. All endings require inner work. And so when we come out of something, there's this space of recognizing that, that there's still a work of formation. There's still a work that God is longing to do within me. He's still wanting me to learn from the things that I've just gone through. I, well, the way that I would frame it is like, don't, don't treat all of the grief, the pain, the, the tension, 
that you might have walked through over this past 15, 16 months, like, like we treat our leftovers and put it in the back of the fridge and then completely forget about it. Like, don't Tupperware all of the hard emotions and all of the hard things that you walk through over this past 15, 16 months. Because what we notice when you just grab something, put it in a Tupperware, and put it in the back of the fridge, stuff begins to grow in that. <laughs> Nasty stuff begins to grow in that. And there's this place of, of, of needing to recognize <laughs> yesterday has an impact on me today. I want to bring you in a bit on the grief that I've walked through over the past seven months. Um, November 22nd, I lost my younger brother. I know that's something that we've shared and um, have sent out as, as prayer requests on our behalf. And um, and what I've recognized is that that grief continues to be with me, obviously. And, and, like, and, and it's there. It's, it's, it's within me. And like 99% of the time, like, you know, to navigate my week, it's there, but I don't really recognize it. Like, I'm not really that aware of it. But it's occupying a space within me. And so when I'm going through what might be normal stresses and places of anxiousness, places of, of, of it's calling, calling me just to go through something strenuous, there's less capacity within me because there's something there. And for the most part, I, I, I navigate through, through life Fine. <laughs> but if I'm not aware of that, if I don't create space to stop and to recognize what is creating less capacity within me, then I'm going to navigate through life in a way not fully realizing why there are these different spikes of anxiousness and stress and worry and fears that, that just seem to, that I seem to have less resiliency for. And so I intentionally make space to, to bring that grief, that sadness, that pain before the Lord. And to say, God, what I walked through yesterday has lingering effects on me. I'm not going to ignore it. But I'm going to believe that you're going to continue to do a good work in me so that I can walk into the things that you are launching me into. For me, one of my absolute favorite verses is in Psalm 139, and it just, it says, search me, O God. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. 
see if there's any offensive way within me and lead me into the path of everlasting. So we need to have these regular times of saying, search me, God. Know me. Know what's happening within me. I love the way that the psalmist ends that, that little prayer. And lead me into the path of everlasting. Then my desire is that you would continue to do a good examining work of where I'm at and how I'm doing because I long to be led by you into the spaces and places that you have for me. Right? Jesus' response to humanity was, come to me, you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. And he doesn't just stop there. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What you've walked through, you bring to Jesus, and it doesn't just stop there, and now you learn from him. What is the new way that we're going to go forward? What is the new way that we're going to be led into today and tomorrow? But we need to make that conscious choice of saying, God, I'm coming to you and I'm giving you my burdens. I'm giving you the pains. I'm giving you the things that I'm walking through. And then now teach me a new way to go forward. One mentor that I have in my life, I was interacting with him and he was reflecting on losing his father a couple of years ago, and he says, you know, Vince, one of the best pieces of advice that I got was this. Sometimes you just have to hug the cactus. That there are going to be these, hug the cactus. There are going to be these times in your life where, where you're amidst your pain and your grief that you actually just have to, to stop and just acknowledge it and actually just sit in it for a moment. And everything within you is going to want to run away from it. Everything within you is going to want to just say, nope, I can't, no, nope, I'm not going there, because we know the, the, the work that needs to happen within us. He goes, but man, when I was told that you actually have to embrace that thing and sit with it for a moment and, and be okay with feeling the weight of it, and it's in that space you will see There is no space that God cannot reside with you in. And so much of our life, man, we just spend trying to run away from those hard things. And it ends up integrating with us in a way that becomes so unhealthy. We've gone through a lot over the last 15, 16 months. There, there are faces that were in this room 15, 16 months ago that aren't in this room today and aren't watching online with us today. That's painful. And I know I've chatted with some of you, right? Like that there is a sense of there's pain, there's disappointment, there's loss, there, there's, there's grief, there's anger. Over that, it would be unhealthy for us as a community to not acknowledge that. 
to be okay with this place of saying, I will lament that. I will grieve that. Spaces of saying that there's real pain that exists. That's been part of the last 15, 16 months. It's been part of the last four to five years in our country. Right? The last, the, the, the fracturing and, and the hostility and just feels like there's so many conversations that you step into and you don't know entirely how they go. You think you make this just innocuous comment and just realize that like you just like triggered something within someone. And you go, oh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> and so we've lived with this place of like high alertness in our relationships. That begins to wear on you. <laughs> that begins to have an impact on your lives. Church, we can't just go forward launching into the new thing that God might be leading us into without being okay, chatting with one another, walking through that with one another, acknowledging, like, yes, there's pain, there's frustration, there's anger, there's, right, like, there's, there's, there's all these things that I'm going through. And, and then the other side of it, right, that in that in-between, then there's so many great things that God is doing in and amongst our community. There are faces in this room that were not here 15 to 16 months ago. One of them with a big old beard and about to marry Brittany. And there will be faces. There will be faces in this room. And watching with us online. That aren't here yet. And I want to be able to wrap my arms around that good and new thing that God is leading us into. But I know that if I don't walk through that place of healing, I will not have the capacity to get my arms around that thing that God might be wanting to lead us into. Or if I'm holding on to what was and God has called an end to, and I try to hold on to that, then I will not be able to get my arms around that which God is longing to lead us into. Here's, here is the best news. God is really good at following death with, res with resurrection. That death and pain be so often becomes the seedbed to the new life. I was, I was going to like to Mufasa right now, right? Like the, this, there's, a, there's an inkling of truth there where he talks about, yes, but our bodies die, and then it becomes the grass, which, and it's the space of recognizing, and there's, there's, there's some real biblical truth to this place of saying like that, that, that death so often becomes the place in which God is going to bring out new life. And so, yes, endings are hard. They're painful. They're difficult. 
but we mistakenly label them as failure. When they are an opportunity to see that new thing that God wants to bring in. That was a really long intro to Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. I actually, I knew that I wanted to spend a lot of time on that. Philippians 2, uh, we're going to cover verses 2, 12 to 13. Verse 13 is an all-time favorite verse, and I'll get into it in a minute here, but let me just read it to us. Paul's writing to the Philippian church, and he says, So then, my beloved, just as you, you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to desire and to work for his good pleasure. Don't skip over to that very first part of verse 13. It is God who is at work in you. God is at work. That still remains true. He's at work in us. I, I, I'm still waiting for that Bible translation. I want to call it the y'all translation. So that way we can better see these passages that say, for it is God who is at work in y'all. Both to desire and to work for his good pleasure. He is in the midst of faith community church. And he's at work. And this is ultimately where our hope resides. That as we are heading into this new thing that the Lord has for us as a community, it is not going to be on my shoulders. <laughs> it's not going to be on your shoulders. Our hope ultimately is in the Lord. He's the one that's at work. And we will faithfully come alongside that good thing that he's doing. The other thing I love about this passage is he says, God is at work in you both to desire and to work for his good pleasure. That, that God is at work in you creating new desires and appetites within you. He doesn't just want us to accomplish something for him. But along the road of, of doing what he's calling us to do, he's saying that I'm longing to shape who you are. He's given us his heart. The Lord is making us a new people with new appetites. That we would have different concerns because of Jesus. That we'd see the world differently because of Jesus. That our hearts would have this space of longing. Because he's placed within us new desires. Church, he's not just calling us to go out and to do to be a people with new desires. When we named our oldest uh, son Justice, you know that's a big name for someone to wear. <laughs> you will bring about justice in the world. <laughs> As we sat with that, we intentionally said, and his middle name's going to be Quinn. 
which means counsel. Because our, our prayer continues to be for him that if he's going to go out and, have, and, 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 and do things that would bring about that which is good and right in the world, we want him to do it wisely. We want that to be done in a place of counsel, of wisdom, of insight, of this place of saying, like, it's because it's about longing and desires. It's about who he is, not just about what he's doing. And so God is both giving us desire, shaping who we are, and, and he's empowering us. So the other side of that isn't that we just gather here on Sunday morning and it's like, yes, praise God, we love Jesus more, and then we go back out into our world and don't live that out, right? And so Paul's, uh, Paul's charge to the church and his prayer for the church is that he would both give you the desire and, and work. Because listen, I think it was Dallas Willard that said, God is, the gospel is not opposed to effort, it is opposed to earning we would be a people that go out and do out of how God is shaping us as a community. So I want to spend just probably the last five minutes here saying, church, this is this is really what we are envisioning that the Lord is leading us into as a community. It'd be this. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. The desire and the work. The will and the work. That we'd be a people that are about maturity and mission. We need people that, that are seeing that formation taking place in our lives, that we are serious about saying, like, we want to be formed in the way of Jesus. We want to be like him. And we want to do what he does. And we want to be faithfully present in the world around us. And so there'll be a lot more that we, we talk about as, as the, the months and and years are, are ahead of us as a community, but it is this, this constant space of saying, man, this is really what we would believe the Lord is doing in our community, that we would be taking discipleship very serious. That we'd be taking very serious. Who are we becoming in Jesus? And how are we on mission? How are we living that out in the world around us? And I would add one more, and it would be that y'all that our, our togetherness really matters. And honestly, that's that follow, love, serve. That we would follow well, that we, we, we would do that in a way of saying, God, shape our desires. That we would love, that it would be the space of saying, like, we want to do this together. We want to reflect the togetherness of the kingdom of God. And we want to serve. We want to be on mission as a people. If I can have the worship team come back up and notice the way that, that Paul ends this thought. Both to desire and to work for his good.
pleasure. That's what makes this promise so good. It's about joy. It's about delight. You think about it, God is the most de like, delightful and delighted being in all the universe. And, and, and his motive here for us is to share in his delight and his joy. That he's at work in us, and ultimately we see a purpose. Why? We see a motivation. Why? So that we would experience his delight. And it was just a few weeks ago when Serene was, was uh, preaching on Pentecost Sunday, and there was even that, that sense of, of something stirring within us of saying, man, God is going to be doing a work of joy and delight amongst our community. Because he's at work within us. Both to desire and to work for his good pleasure. To partake of that. That what ultimately God is leading his people into is to know and share in his delight. Let's enter into song.